Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Black Box Podcast. This is Robbie Soda, your host for this evening, along with my co-host, Tim Vincente. Say hi, Tim. Hello. And our special guest in studio today. Try not to yell because you're in a clip. Uh, but our guest in studio today, the beautiful Jen Dickey. Hello. Oh, hello. And the equally, maybe even more beautiful, Brittany Atwater. Brittany. Hey. All right, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, we are so excited to bring you the first episode of the Black Box Podcast. Here at the Act Black Box Studio, downtown Hagerstown. We're so excited to get started off. We have a lot to talk about today. But first of all, Tim, tell us a little bit about yourself. This is your first time doing a podcast here with us. Uh, so tell us just what's your experience? What are, you, what are we going to be talking about? What's this podcast about? This was your idea. Hello, yes. So I am on the board of directors at Authentic Community Theater. Uh, I am the historian. And uh, I actually, when I started here at ACT, I know that it was one of the first conversations that Robbie and I actually had was starting a podcast, and it took us about two and a half years, but we have it, and it is up. Do you realize um, how ridiculous that sounds? It was two years to figure out a podcast. Yeah, well, listen, <laughs> we, idiot can do nowadays. we bought lots of expensive equipment, none of it worked, uh, now we're using less expensive equipment that works a lot better, so, you know, we're here and it's wonderful. All right, Tim, I, I need you to remember, buddy, there's a microphone right in front your face and it's being recorded directly to the computer uh so so you don't have to talk as loud buddy so uh, so obviously uh if you can't tell um <laughs> i am also a performer if you can't tell from my projection um so yeah i i perform at act i have directed shows at act i have produced shows at act and now i am co-hosting this podcast awesome tam awesome we're very excited to get this rock and rolling Brittany. yes tell, sir tell us a little bit about yourself you've been in the game for a little bit yeah, a hot minute. <laughs> um, yeah, my name is Brittany. Um, I've been performing a while now. Probably, I took a 10-year hiatus from theater for a little while. That's a long while, but it's cool. Um, and then I came back to Hagerstown and uh, have been doing shows for a couple of years now, off and on. A um, couple things with ACT that I love. Uh, yeah, so, and a couple things here and there in Frederick, um, you know. Meanwhile, also raising two small children. So <laughs> when I have time, right? When I have time. Awesome. Now, now, Brittany actually has a show here at the Act Black Box Studio called Some of My Favorite Things. Is that, is that, is that what it's called? A few uh, of oh, my I favorite so, so, things. Uh, uh, the play on word. I get it. <laughs> a few of my favorite things starring the Brittany Atwater with some special guests coming up August. I don't have August to be August 14th. August 14th here in downtown Hagerstown at the Black Box Studio. Well, can you can you give us a little bit of an idea of what you're planning on doing, what you're going to be doing for that show? Yeah, there's going to be a lot of um, a lot of variety. Uh, you'll get to see Jen Dickey there too. Oh. Jen's going to sing with me as well um, as some other friends. Um, and you know, my mom really wants it. <laughs> really wants me to make it about my whole life and my, you know, from early years to my adulthood uh, through song. It's probably not going to happen, but, uh, <laughs> but we'll let her think it's happening. Um, no, but it's just a lot of variety, some classical, um, some non-musical theater, and some musical theater, of course. So I'm really excited. I can't wait to perform in the beautiful space upstairs. It's gorgeous. Uh, so, so Brittany, that, thank you so much, Sharon. Uh, August 14th here at the Act Black Box Studio, a few of my favorite things. Uh, I'm very excited to, to see that show. Now, Brittany and I have actually been performing together for, good God, 15 years plus? Yeah. Somewhere yeah. in there. We did our first show together, 
Uh, we did we did Greece back yes. in the day when when the place we performed was still somewhere we could call home, and um, we we then we did West Side Story together. Brittany saw me and actually helped me through my first leading role ever when I was Tony right. in West Side Story, and, right. and Brittany was uh, was in the show as well. So um, it, it's been great having her back at act. I know I begged her for a long time to come, and she wouldn't. <laughs> Um, but that's okay. Um, Jen, Jen Dickey, tell us, tell us about yourself. About Jen Dickey. Um, that sounds like a great movie. Right? <laughs> I've always said that. Um, <laughs> my life is pretty much a movie. Um, I live in the Frederick area. I've been performing since fifth grade. My first production, I was Annie in fifth grade. Um, and I believe that Heather's makes 53 productions that wow. I have been in. Um, so yeah, I've been all over, you know, college, high school, college. Um, I was working here in Hagerstown for a while. Um, and now I'm here again in Hagerstown, um, living and breathing theater with a new home. Awesome, awesome. Well, well, welcome. So, Jen, thank you so much for joining us. Brittany, thank you so much for joining us here for the first episode of the Black Box Podcast. We are very excited uh, for what we have to come. We got a lot going on here today. Um, we're going to go through a bunch of different topics here, uh, and we're going to talk about Heather's the Musical live at the Maryland Theater, August 6th and 7th. Coming up just less than one week away. We have hundreds and hundreds of tickets out. Um, so we're going to be talking a little bit about that. Here we go. So we're going to jump into the first topic. I want to know from all of you, what was your favorite role you ever played and why? You can only pick one. I know that's tough for someone who's done 53 productions, Miss <laughs> Dickey. But the, the number one role that you would play on, on Broadway for 25 years, if you could, what would it be? If you're asking me... Somebody jump in. Yeah. <laughs> if you're asking me, it would be Bonnie and Clyde, definitely. Um, I played Bonnie Parker in Bonnie and Clyde um, a little over a year ago. And just living and breathing that story every night um, was an amazing experience. Um, I loved every second of playing that role. And I would totally do it for the rest of my life if I could. Yes, awesome. she was amazing. What, what, what about you, Brittany? What's that one role that you would play forever, <laughs> over and over again, eight times a week? What would it be? It would be. Are you ready for this? I think I know the answer. <laughs> it would be Tracy Turnblad. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. She's my fave. Um, I feel her to my core. Um, and uh, I just love what uh, Hairspray stands for. I think it's still a really relevant, prevalent show today. Um, I think more so now than than it has been for the, the past 20-some years, I think, honestly. I think you're exactly right. I do think that, too. Um, yeah, I could play her all day. Every day, if I could. So, <laughs> and, and I was. Uh, um, she actually, uh, Brittany played that role for Authentic Community Theater. What was it? 2018, 19. I can't remember. 18, 18, 18 January yep. of 2018. Mm -hmm. And I actually got to play Edna uh, um, alongside uh, Brittany. Yeah. Uh, and it was it was some of the most fun I've had on stage in a long time. Yeah. Secretly, time. that's why it's my favorite show because Robbie was my mom. You know. So. <laughs> yeah, I was I was Fender. I had one line which was. <laughs> Fender, and it was still to this day one of the most fun shows I've ever done. I think with that show specifically, Brittany, I'm sorry I don't have any, any you know, we can't go back in the day, Jen, for you and I, but I think I think one of the coolest parts about playing that role alongside you was I didn't want to play it enough. I refused to do it and was begged to audition, and I said no. And then the first day of auditions, nobody showed up, and the director, uh, Scott Rubel, actually pulled me aside and said, Robbie, I need you to do this role. 
And I was like, no, Scott, I'm not going to do it. I, I just refuse. I'm not, I'm not doing it. Yeah. And uh, he asked me like 10 more times in a matter of three minutes. And I said, fine, whatever. I'll audition tomorrow um, at the callbacks. And, and then you can make a decision if you think I can play the role. Because you've never seen me in anything. So I just, you're not just going to give me something. Um, so I auditioned and got cast. But one of the coolest parts about doing that role and why I'm so glad I decided to do it was Brittany getting to see you do that role. Because I know it had been a long time dream of yours. You had auditioned for it numerous times. Yes. And then, for whatever reason, uh, casting directors that you dealt with are stupid. <laughs> um, and, and, they, and, they, and they let you pass, uh, or they passed on you for it. Uh, so for me, one of the coolest parts was seeing you live that dream role, but not only just living the dream role, fucking slaying that dream embodying world. i mean that, there, there's no other way to put it i mean that was it was one of the coolest things from the moment that you got wheeled out on that stand-up bed that ben built uh, that i wheeled out in, uh, to to the to, to curtain call i mean you mm-hmm. completely slayed that yep. role it was it was perfect um so anybody listening to this role if you passed up on Brittany atwater <laughs> formerly Brittany poindexter for that role you're stupid um, but well, I, think that, I think that was one of the best parts about playing that role um, because everything else about it was terrible. Um, well, Scott had me do the, the Harvey voice the entire show. And, and I remember looking at Scott and going, you that's know that's not a voice. character choice, right? Like, that's just how he sounds. And he said, yeah, but that's how I want you to sound. So there's actually a picture. It's one of my favorite pictures of all time was me and Brittany during Tech Week with gallons of water just chugging them because my throat was so raw so doing that. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was so miserable. And then our, our music director was like a Nazi almost and was just like, no, we're gonna do, we're gonna do that again. We're gonna do it again, we're gonna do it again. I was like, no, um, I don't, <laughs> I'm, gonna need, I'm gonna need a minute. A break, please. Well, you think it would be easy for me because I'm a smoker, but still that, that's, yeah, that, that was, was not, that was, that was rough, but uh, it was it was an honor to play that that role next to you. So I'm curious. So Bonnie and Clyde. So you did that about a year ago. Yeah. Well, before COVID, I guess. So longer than a year. Two. Yeah. Two, two years. years. So so close to two years yeah. ago. So what was it about that role that 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 makes you want to do it over and over and over again? I think it's the true story, just embodying someone's real life, um, real life story. Um, Everything from the music to just everything about the show is absolutely beautiful. Um, and I you know, just playing a role that felt so real and raw um, and being able to discover more about the character through um, putting on the show and really just embodying who Bonnie was and telling her story true um, every night with that. I mean, yeah. No. I'm sure this is a, a regular question that gets asked of anybody who does any type of biopic or, mm-hmm. or anything like that, but like, what kind of research did you do for that role? I know it sounds very cliche, um, but like, what did you, did you research her life? Yeah, you... um, I actually, I, there's quite a few podcasts out about, um, you know, the Bonnie and Clyde story. Um, so I spent a lot of time listening to podcasts. Um, there's a book out. Uh, I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head right now, but I did read the book. Um, it is it was actually written by the police officer who killed Bonnie and Clyde. Um, so yeah, I did a lot of reading, a lot of podcast listening because you can't just show up and you know portray a real story, especially right. one that mm-hmm. was so right. long ago. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, lots of research, um, lots of making sure we were doing it right for sure. 
Nice. Now, so Tim, what about you? The, the I think I know the answer too, but <laughs> but one one role that you would do forever. So I, I I know what Robbie thinks it would be, and he's probably right. Um, I have so many; it's really hard for me to choose. Um, well, that's not the question, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> just, just like Tim. My favorite uh, my favorite musical role that I've ever played was uh, Willard in Footloose. Oh, I thought you were gonna say Fender, son of a. Oh no, no! I'm uh, I, yeah. I, I, actually, uh, I actually was going to say I was not going to say Willard. Which one were you going to say? I really wasn't. I thought it would have been Tenardier. I I thought it would have been Tenardier, and Les Mis would have been your your Tenardier. Tenardier was so fun because it, it was just one of those uh, roles where you just kind of close your eyes and open them, and you're just like, okay, whatever happens, happens. You know what I mean? I'm going to go out there and just go crazy right. and really give it my all. Um, Footloose. Uh, what I loved about playing Willard was just that, like, it, he was just so lovable and so stupid, you know? And I was able to have so much fun playing that role and just, like, belt my face off and make the audience laugh, which was amazing. Whereas, like, Tenardi is an amazing character, but there's just so much darkness in him. Mm. Like, he's such a horrible person that it almost felt wrong to make the audience laugh for that. Whereas, like, with Willard, it was just pure joy every single time well and I think and I think a lot of these two uh, almost all of them I think for, for the three of you how dependent is that on your scene partner I mean mm-hmm. I mean mm-hmm. Tim you were working with Dustin mm-hmm. um, Brittany you were working with Paola and myself mm-hmm. and and Ben Smith and Jen you were working with Remus mm-hmm. um, who's, who's incredibly talented yes. um, do you think your experience or your answer would have changed if you didn't have, and I didn't see Bonnie and Clyde, but um, would it have been different if you didn't have such a talented or not saying that I'm talented, Brittany, but if you didn't have that, that person to play off of that, did, did that person make the role or was it the role itself? You can see your, any Joe Schmo come in and play, play opposite you and it still be as good as you, you or still be your, uh, your dream role that you would play forever. You know, that is a really, like, interesting way to look at it because I didn't even think about it that way. Um, Definitely with Bonnie and Clyde, I would say, like, having Rennes as my scene partner and really getting to know him and doing it together um, and really researching together and sharing with each other the knowledge that we were learning about the characters um, and trusting each other the whole process. Um, It would be hard to go in with a Joe Schmo, I think, as Clyde just because it is such a trustworthy... The, the couple lends themselves so much to trust and to making sure you both are on the same page. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think the play could be, or that part could be just as fulfilling and beautiful with whoever Joe Schmo, but in that moment with the partner that I had, you know, it definitely makes makes a lot of, like, why it was so... Well, and it's, yeah. it's important, too, because, I mean... If, if you're doing something like that on Broadway professionally, I mean, and you have a swing that has to come in right. last mm-hmm. minute. I know mm-hmm. um, one of my favorite questions when, when I was uh, um, hanging out with uh, Major Attaway, who was a genie in Aladdin, and he came and done, did a match class with us. Um, somebody asked him in the class what was the, because he started off as a swing for genie before mm-hmm. he got the role. He was a swing for James Monroe Eichelhart. And somebody asked him what was the um, quickest you had to get ready, and he said three minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, that he had to get ready because uh, James is um, something happened to one of his parents. I can't remember his yeah. mother's father, and he had to jet out the back door. 
and they were already at places. Wow. And so Major got, they pushed Curtin, obviously, because he had to get ready, but he jumped right into the character. It was wow. a, and it was only like the second or third time he played, the, he got to actually be the genius. Right. Wow. Um, you know, so something like that would, would come up where yeah. you got some rando swing that, that has to pop in there. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, what, what about you, Brad? I mean, do you feel like if, if it wasn't you and I or you and Paola or you and Ben, would it have been as fun, as fulfilling, and would you do it with anybody, or do you feel like it's really important to have that that person with you um i i think the bond comes through the process Mm -hmm. so if you ask me at the beginning like i feel like i couldn't i could create a bond with anyone i have on stage with myself i think even if it's fake yeah well (laughs) i mean you know what i'm saying like you 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 just you kind of create that bond and then you have that bond on stage and off stage as you go through the process um was I extremely lucky to play opposite of all the people I played opposite of yes I was and I would do it again in a heartbeat that was a monster cast (laughs) yes it was it was it was it was it was a pretty stacked for sure Mm -hmm. um but I would I wouldn't I can't tell you that I wouldn't jump in with any Joe Schmo and do it again um, just because I do love Tracy so much. Um, so I would just take that and I would just build um, the relationships with uh, with the people that are coming in playing opposite me. Um, but yeah, definitely I, I really enjoyed creating the bond. Um, Obviously, you and I have we worked together before, and we. It was um, the first time in like ten years. Yes, that was years. that was my uh, ten year hiatus. Yes, that I came back from. So, um, yeah, it was. It's uh, that made it easier for sure, for sure. But uh, I couldn't. I can't lie and say that I wouldn't just jump in with any Joe Schmo. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> so now I'm going to take the question, turn it on his face a little bit. The least favorite role that you ever played. What was it? Why was it the most miserable? We're about to. We're about to we're about to get into some tea here. Mm. So what what was it? Why did you not like it? What is the first and last name and address of the person that made it miserable for you? <laughs> <laughs> but what what was it? So so we started with Jess. So, so Brittany, what, oh what was God. it for you? I don't even know. I didn't tell them any of the questions before we started because um, I want rawness. You know what I mean? I I don't know. I really I've enjoyed all the roles I've played, honestly, um, because... That's a damn lie. No, I just mean, because I, <laughs> I take a little bit of something from everything I do, and I'm a firm believer in the saying, there are no small parts, only small actors. Mm-hmm. Um, so I try to go in with an open mind. I will say the hardest role or parts... Thing, the hardest thing for me to do. Let's go back. Okay, so hairspray. Tracy is my dream. Was my dream. Is still my dream. <laughs> um, but I did have to. I was in hairspray, um, and I played just an ensemble member. Like I played the cop. I played the principal. I played all those things, and that was difficult. There was a principal. Um, yeah. Huh. How yeah. do you think she felt? <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry. I... <laughs> If, if I wasn't yes. on stage, I was chugging water and putting right, my face in the back. On that's right. Um, so I think that was difficult only because when you've dreamt of something mm-hmm. your whole life, to watch some, you know, they, mm. it was a 14 year old actually that got cast, so an actual high schooler. And then they also double casted the role. Um, and one of the young ladies was not as uh, pleasantly plump as, uh, as me. <laughs> 
or anyone for that matter. Um, so <laughs> that was very hard um, to watch. Um, so, you know, but you make the best of it and, and you and you do that. But I think I think that's probably the hardest. That, that was the hardest show I had to do. And but we, you get through, push on. <laughs> Tim? Oh, gosh. So uh, for me, my least favorite show that I've ever been in, it's the only role that I've ever played where I'm like, I have to do it again, not because I want to, but because I have to. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a production of Brighton Beach Memoirs, ah, which was yeah. like my... Stanley in Brighton Beach Memoirs was like my dream role at the time. I'm a huge Neil Simon fan. I loved this show. And the director, um, he made some very faulty closed casting decisions. Um, he casted... Uh, uh, a young man to play uh, Eugene and his mother who played the Aunt Blanche and they were both I believe devout Catholics who um, well he, he completely screwed this, the entire yes, story yes. so yeah basically um, they really wanted this boy and his mother uh, to play these roles and the only way that they agreed to my knowledge was if the director cut out any dialogue about sex any dialogue about puberty any dialogue about the main character wanting to have sex with his cousin which like the entire show show? the entire show and so in that you know stanley's big moment in the show is he gives a like five page talk he gives the sex talk to his younger brother and I was very excited to do that scene because it's such an acting challenge. You know, I was like fresh out of high school, ready to just push myself as a performer. And not only did I feel like it stripped the show because they they took out everything. They they cut three pages consistently, like three pages straight through. Um, so it was just it was just it was really tough, and I felt like they stripped so much of who Stanley was. And, like, his reason for whenever he spends his family's money on the prostitute, they cut that out. They just said that he he spent it. Uh, you know, they took a, they took away all of the grit that made Stanley illegal. such a... Yeah, it, it's illegal. And, and I, I was sure to let him know in a uh, public setting um, that what he did was illegal. And he got in a lot of trouble for it. And he no longer works for that company anymore. Um, well, and, but, and I think I think Austin, not to cut you off, but, no, yeah. uh, to anybody, any director, producer out there that's that's listening, if you're going to do a show, you have got to make sure mm-hmm. you are comfortable with the subject matter yeah, before you're absolutely. going to do the show, because not only did it did it ruin it for for you as an actor, I'm sure yeah, there are people who have seen Brighton Beach Memoirs and went and saw that particular production and were were like, what the heck just happened? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. this is this mm-hmm. isn't what the show is. And, and again, like we got, to, um, you know, we, we've done the shows here at ACT that have been very risque. Mm-hmm. Um, and people have asked, well, oh, you have a kids program. Are you going to do the, the orgy scene in Rent? Or are you going to do this in Heather's? Uh, we'll talk about here in a bit. But like, yes. The answer yeah, is absolutely. yes. I mean, there's got to be eventually as a yep. producer, director, uh, um, you know, board member, whatever it is, people who make decisions like this, you have to have some type of artistic integrity. And if you're not yep. willing to broach that subject matter, walk away and just and, yep. don't do it. And I mean, every sure. every single person in that cast was so incredibly talented and would have given a really beautiful show. But the show was stripped because they wanted to do the show because it was recognizable, but they didn't want to do the show the way that it was written. Yeah, and then piss people off in the meantime since it's recognizable and you don't do it. Yeah. Jen, what about you? 
Um, well, mine has to be probably Grease. Oh, I love that show. Well, I grew up loving that show. Um, I had oh, a pink lady jacket when I was a kid. Um, we saw every live production of it ever. Like, it's been one of my you favorite You see the one movies. with Taylor Hicks? He played Teen, and Teen Angel on Broadway when they did that stupid reality show. Oh. Did you I see that one? I don't think I did. Uh, you're, you're lucky. Well, anyway. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it was just one of those dream roles for me, like, growing up, like, loving the movie. I wanted to be Sandy so bad, which I got Sandy. That was great. But I didn't realize that the musical version of Sandy is boring as fuck. Yeah. Like, so boring. So, and I was in, like, a weird place in my life at that point where I was, like, really just poor self, you know, whatever. But anyway, that all affected, you know, the show for me. But of course, the biggest thing was I had three different Dannys. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Um, we had a Danny get sick and stop showing up. So then we had to throw Rennis in to be Danny. And then... Which kudos to Rennis. He did that in like, he, a, in like a couple hours. Yeah, yeah. Like, like literally years. five hours yeah. like, is what mm-hmm. they gave him. Um, but I didn't even know who my Danny was until we walked on stage. Um, I was not in the loop. Like, I had no idea. Yeah. All I knew is that our Danny wasn't coming, and I was like, well, what am I going to do? <laughs> Surprise. Um, and then, yeah, we switched to a different Danny for the end of the run. So it was just a lot going on in my personal life that, like, impacted, like, how I felt about the show. But sure. also just growing up wanting to be Sandy and then getting Sandy and it being not a shit-poor run. Yeah, Sandy yeah. is just... That wasn't it. Yeah. Can, can I give mine real quick? Absolutely. Yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear it. If I ever get asked to play Judd Fry in oh, Oklahoma ever again, I'm going to jump out a window. Oh, but you were so good. Uh, well, and, and so I, I played it twice before um, and then was asked to audition for it at a, another theater, um, which, mind you, I was 28 years old. Um, I was the only human being there that read for it, sang for it. I read with every... Uh, Curly, every Lori, um, and every uh, Ann Eller, right? Yeah, whatever the hell her name is. Um, <laughs> and then got a phone call 20 minutes after I left. I was like, oh, got that one in the bag. And then they offered me popcorns at 26 years old. 20. And I was like, you've lost your mind. No, that's not going to happen. But anyway, then I got asked to do it, uh, well, berated and forced to do it um, with Authentic Community Theater. Um the last time I got to do it, though, uh, I had a lot of freedom with the character, so I got to go more psychological with it. Like, like, and it made it a little bit more fun. But it is the worst part ever. It's terrible. <laughs> um, little fun fact: um, Kristen Davis, who I absolutely adore, have worked with a thousand times, actually ruptured my eardrum <laughs> slapping me. Um, she had. She, we ran the slap and we did the slap for real from day one. And she was like, how do I do this? I was like, just slap me right in the cheek. It's fine. She never missed. Opening night, cuffed my left ear, ruptured my eardrum. Um, but, um, but yeah, I will, I will never, ever in a million years play that role again. Um, it's just, it was, it was fun that last time because I got to go to that really dark place that really just like to the point where I was pulling some Heath Ledger shit, and I was, I was like in the uh, um, in the uh, the the sound room over at the, over at the rehearsal space, like in the dark, like just getting myself to that like deep psychopath. Yeah. Like, um, and uh, one of my friend's moms actually came up to me after the show um, and asked to take a picture with me and said, "By the way, you're never coming anywhere near my daughter again," <laughs> um, which was which was kind of nice uh, and a compliment, but. Um, so now I want to get into the topic of the hour, Heather's August 6th and 7th at the Maryland Theater. 
this coming Friday, Saturday, if you're listening to this before, uh, before August 6th and 7th, uh, and just walking in the door, Artistic Director of Authentic Community Theater, Director of Heather's Extraordinaire, Scott Rubel. Scott, what's going on, man? <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome, welcome. Scott right. is here. Thank you for joining us. I know you were exhausted after the weekend that you have had, uh, but we are very excited um, to have, of course, uh, Jen and Brittany are in the cast. Jen plays Heather McNamara, um, and then uh, uh, Martha is, or uh, Brittany plays Martha um, in the show, and, and Scott did an amazing job uh, directing, and, and we got to sit in on the first Tech Week rehearsal tonight. It was incredible. So, so first of all, I want to know from all of you, but first from Scott. Scott, this is your third show directing with us? Fourth? Third? Third. Third. It was third supposed show. to be four. We had to cancel one because of COVID. But, um, so what was it for this show that, that made you want to direct it? Why, why this show? What was, did, did it call to you? Did it speak to you? Talk to me a little bit. Uh, what called me was you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's like I did for every show. <laughs> and, uh, and to be quite honest, this, uh, this particular show has never been on my radar. Um, it's not something that just really ever spoke to me um, as a director or performer. Um, was a fan of the movie, but just wasn't something that ever really just stuck with me. And so when you brought it to my attention, I was like, eh, okay, fine, I'll do it. Um, and I'll, I have to say that during this process and working with this incredibly talented cast, um, this has easily become one of, one of my favorites. Absolutely one of my favorite shows. Um, like You're on, welcome. On top of my, yeah, thank you. No, seriously, thank you. Like It is now probably within my top five. It's a really a beautiful story. Um, and it, and it, even though it's, it's campy and it's so dark and, and sometimes, it really, though, is just... A beautiful story told by some mm-hmm. beautiful music and some well put together um, scenes with just an incredible cast. And um, we couldn't be any luckier to have the cast that we have. Oh, absolutely. And I think the other thing, too, and I think you hit it right on the head, there are some really dark parts in this show, but there are also, they're, they're masked by some really funny stuff. Some really oh, funny stuff in, in the show that, that I mean, I, I couldn't help but laugh out loud while I was sitting there really mm-hmm. watching it, um, which which I think is really difficult to, to get as dark as this show gets. If you remember the 80s classic, um, you know, it, it's 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 about murder and suicide and, and, and bullying and, and so many so many really hot button issues, especially now, um, you know, that that to it, it masks some of it with with a lot of comedy. Um, and, and the cast does an incredible job with it. I think I think that's that's really cool to, yeah. to see things like that. And both of our guests are perfect for this topic because I mean, you both sing the saddest songs in the show, oh, but man. yet you have such a beautiful way of just incorporating that little bit of humor where you're not hitting a punchline. You're just reminding the audience that they're allowed to smile. This is still a comedy, but like, there's a message that's being spoken here. You can laugh, but you know we're gonna hit you with <laughs> some really emotional stuff. For sure. Yeah. So, uh, so what uh, I, I want to know from from all of you, what what's the highlight of the show for you? What's that one part, and not just not just necessarily a part that you do, or uh, um, but uh, what part do you look forward to, even just sitting back and watching um, off stage, or or while you're on stage and being a part of what what what's that part for you guys in, in this show? Uh, well, for me, um, 
from the director standpoint, uh, watching people develop these characters who don't necessarily have anything to say in the show, mm -hmm. um, but they have developed their own absolute student character and watching them grow from point A to point Z has been just amazing. There's a few people who have had some wonderful experience coming in, but they were walking away with this with so much more than they came in with. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just wonderful watching them. On a personal level, um, my high point is, um, I, I this show it makes me very emotional. Um, and I get emotional with Britney's song, and I get emotional with Jen's song, but... Um, there are moments that there are they, they this cast hits harmonies and I start to well up. Mm. It's just that freaking pretty mm -hmm. and beautiful. I know I cried when Brittany did uh, um, Kindergarten Boyfriend uh, today, which I was not happy about. Um, <laughs> but you know it's 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 things like that in the show where it's like that is just it, it's beautiful. Like it's 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 so and and you know whether we like to admit it or not like there you know I, I know for me it's it's pieces that that i think of too in my own personal life where it kind of attaches to me i'm like oh that's that's hitting that mm -hmm. that and, and i don't like it um but <laughs> but i mean Brittany saying that song today and i started tearing up and i was like cool nobody's looking at me i can wipe this away and then scott just turns around and stares at me as soon as i start wiping my tears away so thanks for that scott <laughs> um jen what about you what's what's that highlight moment for you um, that's really tough, I think. Um, the whole, sh the show as a whole, um, like, I think my favorite part of the whole thing is the humor. Um, I really love the humor behind it. I just really do. Um, but I definitely, you know, I think it's the ability to make me laugh and then also catch chills at the same time. Like, there's so many moments in the show where I'm, like, caught up laughing at whatever punchline it was, and then all of a sudden they're doing something on stage, and, like, I just break into these chills across my entire body. Um, so it's, you know, the highs and the lows and everything in between. It's incredible. Brett, what about you? Yeah, for sure. I have to kind of echo what Jen's saying. Um, I feel like um, there's something for everyone in this show. Um, people can really find a little bit of themselves in each character that's on stage whether it is you know the mean uh, heather because we all probably have a little mean red heather in us i'm sure <laughs> as points in time um not me oh not definitely not robbie no. um but um you know it it's amazing scott is not lying when he says the the talent that is that is on this stage is is absolutely incredible. I I sit back and I and I I just watch in awe over my castmates mm -hmm. because they are so powerful, powerful voices, powerful actors, powerful people. I you know what I mean? Like I just I'm just like I'm like oh my god! I get to share the stage with you for real? Like what? This is a dream. Um, yeah. So there there's moments for everyone, and I I thoroughly enjoy being a part of the cast. So. Well, and as somebody who has seen or been a part of every show in Axe history, um, I can honestly say this cast is the strongest and best put together, I think, mm -hmm. that we've it's ever fantastic. had. It is fantastic. Um, which which sure. is a pretty big statement because we've had some some pretty fantastic, um, fantastic cast. Um, but I, I really think when you put everybody together... It's, it's almost like Scott had more than one day and one audition to really piece this together, you know, from, and, and got to do like a worldwide search for, for this cast and really just kind of plucked and, and got to pick. But these, all these people just came to one place to audition for the same show and, and 
I don't know, Scott. Do you do you think that that's luck, or do you what, what do you think that is? How did how did how did you put this cast together? What seemed like so easy because you, you didn't take long to make your decisions. Um, but what what was it for you as a director that really kind of put all this together? Uh, I don't think anything's luck. I do think everything happens for a reason, and I really think that it was just our timing as an organization and and when this particular show fell into our season. Um, clearly, uh, people want. To see Heather's, they want to be in Heather's. Um, it was very eye-opening for me to to see all that as well. Um, again, not having been a fan beforehand, um, it was very eye-opening to see the turnout and the want that people wanted to be there. Um, so I don't I don't think anything's luck. I do think everything happens for a reason. And I think it's just where it fell in the cards for us as an organization and in our season. And if we got lucky by anything, we just got lucky by having just so much talent show up. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Whenever you can look at a cast and go, oh, well, that person that's sitting stage left as a student could play Heather, or that person, mm-hmm. that guy over there could have played JD, and, and they're in your ensemble. I mean, I think that's one of the coolest parts about mm-hmm. it. About sure. a lot of shows that, that ACT has done is that you can take our ensemble, most of them, and say, hey, put the show on your back and go. And, and, and most all of them would answer the call and be able to do it. Um, so my next question, what what's... Heather's is obviously very different from from a lot of shows. Um, what what do you think? Uh, um, what makes Heather's different from anything you've ever done besides the um, some of the uh, I guess we'll say choice language and and references that aren't in most shows? But what's what's different for for you guys, Jen and Brittany? Um, that you've never really done before? Because I mean, Brittany, you've played Disney princesses and and all those kind of things. I have. This is Pots. Oh, Miss Pots. She's not a princess. You play play Dorothy. She's kind of a princess. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like you, like I don't think I've, I don't think I've seen you in a in a role this vulnerable. I think, and and as as you are with Martha, I could be wrong. I I haven't seen it. I mean, what's what makes it different for you doing this this production? Um. Well, you know, a lot of the roles that I've played in the past, I I. My shtick is uh, comedy, right? So everyone knows I'm a comedic actor. I have great comedic timing, or so people say. So um, this is hard. Martha is very hard because she's she's this young woman who I she's not dumb, you know. She's not. She understands what's going on around her. She's seeing it, you know. I think she just doesn't. She doesn't want, at least my take on her is that she, she kind of just wants to see the good in everyone and, and, and like not, you know, just be loved by everyone and, and, you know, so it's very, um, it's definitely hard to definitely, uh, to find the, um, to bring that out in the character, um, while still being vulnerable and, um, and real, I mean, how many of us can relate to the fat kid in high school, you know, that eats the cake, Me? you know, <laughs> I, mean, I love cake. I yeah. still do. So. <laughs> now do you, do you, and, and again, this is really the first time I've seen you, uh, I've seen the show or, or a large hunk of it anyway, um, since you guys started rehearsing, but, um, there's, there's a little bit of naiveness to, to, to Martha. Um, but I, I, I can't really tell um, are you playing her as though she hears all the things people are saying? Because you're on stage a lot, kind of off to the side, you know, reading a book or kind of doing your own thing. 
and people are calling you Martha Dump Truck and, and calling you fat and all those things. Are you playing that? Like you kind of hear it, but you're, because I think I saw a little bit today where it's like your ears kind of perked up when they said something and then you went on to your next line like you just didn't hear it. What Are you taking that as any kind of inspiration in your character at all to get to that final point for, for her when she, when she takes that plunge? For sure. Um, I definitely would say I do that um, because, I mean, I think that's, Every character I play, I try to bring a little bit of um, my own personal experience into that character um, and build off of that. And, um, I mean, who wasn't called, you know, Martha Dumbtruck, <laughs> you know, or who wasn't made fun of in high school um, growing up because they, you know, they had braces or glasses or for whatever reason. Um, and we hear it. I mean, I hear, you know, even as grown adults, we hear what people are saying about us. <laughs> Don't we um, know? Right? And, you know, we can choose to acknowledge or we can choose to ignore. And I feel like I'm, as Martha, I try to, I, I feel like she hears it and she, it, it hits her, but she moves on, you know, because she can't, you can't dwell, although it does all kind of... A culminate into one big she moment. Chokes, she chokes it down and, and, yeah, and, and moves on, tries to stay happy, and eventually it all comes it back breaks, up. breaks, right? <laughs> now, now, Jen, Heather McNamara, I mean, what 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 makes her different than anybody you've ever played before? Well, for the record, I did not want to play Heather McNamara. Oh, who did you want to play? I showed up to the audition um, for Veronica, and for Ooh. Veronica only. Um, that was oh. it. Oh, um, and Scott pulled me into a room and asked if I would, you know, take a chance on a Heather. And I said yes. And I, at first, I was mad at myself for saying yes because <laughs> I didn't think I had it in me to play a Heather. Um, you know, a lot of people look at me and think, like, oh, what a beautiful person, what a beautiful girl. Like, she could totally play, like, the popular girl in school. But I was never the popular girl in school, um, ever. <laughs> until college, um, when I peaked, um, don't we all, but anyway, <laughs> um, you know, I, I still, like, I, I've spent a lot of time on a personal journey, like, figuring out who I am, um, you know, losing weight, becoming a more beautiful version of myself, so to play this role at this point in my life, like, it feels good to step into a role, I feel awkward being sexy and, like, flouncing around the stage as a popular girl, but, I know that now more than ever, like this is the time that I need to be playing that girl. Um, and, you know, stepping into Heather McNamara, I wasn't sure what to expect, um, but I'm really bringing, I myself also, like Brittany said, consider myself to be a comedic um, actress. So I'm taking that um, parts of me and putting them into Heather. Um, and really, I am loving the girl that Heather McNamara is becoming. Um, and, you know, it's, it's an adventure, and every night it's figuring out something new, finding those new moments, um, those new friendships in other characters and things of that nature. So, um, all in all, it has become a beautiful journey, but at first it was not, you know, on my radar. But we're here for a reason. Like Scott Kudos said, to everything Scott. happens. Kudos to Scott. I know I've, I've had to do that as a director a few times, too. Pull something like, listen, I need you to look at this one. I know you don't want it, or it's not on your sheet. Yeah. But take a peek because uh, I actually did it when we did Rent with uh, uh, Kristen Davis when she played uh, Maureen. She came out and wanted Mimi. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I eventually pulled her to the side. I was like, listen, I need you to go look at this mm -hmm. and just yeah. give it a shot. You don't think that that's yeah. you? Do it. And and I promise. And 
it uh, she she killed it. I mean, she yeah. was she was incredible. So so Scott, with with the casting of this show, was there anything um, or anyone you feel like got away that maybe said was was similar to uh, to Jen that was like, no, I only want this role. Um, do you feel like they got away and and maybe uh, um, are missing out on a pretty pretty fantastic experience being a part of an incredible cast? There's only a few. Um, that I, I do feel like they got away, but that was by their choice. Um, I do think that they regret their decision. Um, I have had discussions with, with individuals, and they had, you know, um, wanted to possibly come back and go ahead and fill a spot in the ensemble. And at that point, I said, you know what? We all made decisions for a reason. Mm-hmm. So I think that you making that decision was what you need to do for yourself, and so mm-hmm. therefore I'm going to let you keep that decision, and I'm mm-hmm. not going to put you in the ensemble. Right. Um, and I, I, like I said, I think it already happens for a reason. So it, the, the casting was not difficult as I had a ton of talent to choose from. What was difficult was the individuals who did put down on their list. They only wanted a certain part. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting to watch the auditions because most of the ladies who came in did want to either be Heather Chandler or Veronica. And, and why wouldn't they want to be, mm-hmm. right? I want to be Heather Chandler. Um, Scott, you are I Heather, am Heather Chandler. Chandler. <laughs> um, so it was interesting to watch the auditions because when Maggie opened her mouth, you watched everybody in that line go, oh, oh, it's not me. Yeah, and Maggie is, uh, Maggie is Authentic Community Theater's uh, Veronica, um, which, which, yeah, and I actually remember speaking to uh, somebody who was at the audition um, who put down that they only wanted Veronica. Mm-hmm. And she actually texted me as soon as they were done singing. And she said, well, didn't get that. Um, and, and, you know, it's always nice when people realize that, right? Especially yeah. as a director. I know I can say, like, when people are like, okay, yeah, I, I know I'm not getting this role. I can, I, you can see it when it happens. Um, you know, and that, it always makes it easier. It makes the conversation easier anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I think, I think... It, you 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 hit it dead on, Maggie. Uh, and I wish she could have been here. We invited her, but mm-hmm. she's been she's been she's very busy, and it's a busy week for for everybody. Um, but I think that Maggie is is born to play this role. She eats, mm-hmm. sleeps, and breathes this role. I mean, her she's her incredible. voice is is perfect for it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, her uh, her look, even her, her little bit of awkwardness that she had. I mean, oh it, was, my gosh, it, was, yeah. it was well, well cast, Scott. I mean, I mean, truthfully, fantastic. And, and she's she's great. And um, you know, I, I think everybody who comes and sees the show, August sixth and seventh, the Maryland Theater, are going to yeah. fall in love with her. Well, and the wonderful yeah. thing about all of that casting also was the that I was able to go back to the people like Jen, and I wanted to make sure that they had a chance, mm-hmm. that I saw them somewhere else in the lineup, and I wanted them to make a, another decision, mm-hmm. whether they wanted to be considered for something, or if they did want to go ahead and take that step back, and I totally respect everybody's decisions like that, and you know, and like I said, there was only like two that ended up walking away, and then ended up wanting to come back, and at that mm-hmm. point, mm-hmm. it was just too late in the game, and these people have already put this work in, so I'm glad they took that second chance, because people have figured out you know, a different kind of character for themselves and where to develop it and that it fits into their life at this time. Mm-hmm. Now, Jen, any any regrets doing Heather McNamara? Absolutely not. Not at all. Um, I'm going to love her a lot. What advice would you give somebody that comes in and is just so dead set on a role um, and refuses to believe that they could, that, that, well, maybe not believe that they could, but or want to do mm-hmm. another role um, that might be, smaller quote unquote or not not what they desire what what advice would you give them 
having gone through that with this show? Well, I guess, you know, when you're in a room full of talented people and, you know, I could play the shit out of Veronica. I mean, trust me, trust and believe, like I could. I believe But standing in a room full of a hundred talented, not a hundred, but you know what I mean, a hundred talented women, you know, like Scott said, when Maggie opened her mouth, we all very well knew, like, that was it. Like, none of us were going to be Veronica. So you really just, if you're going to do this, one thing I've learned, like, all preconceived notions need to be left at the door. Because what you think in your bedroom, what you think is going to be you, what you think is going to be it, the director has a different idea. The people around you have a different idea. Like, you don't know what's going to come out of someone's mouth. And like for me, this was my first show at ACT. Like I didn't know anybody at the audition. I didn't, I didn't know what they were going to sound like. And as soon as every single one of them opened their mouth, I was like, every one of these girls would be better suited. Mm. You know, it's just knowing within yourself that you are talented and like no one can take that away from you. But there's also other people in the room that will take it away from you because they deserve it at this point in time more than you do. Mm. Preach. Preach on that because I, I think that's a big thing. Is I think a lot of people as actors um, can't stand back and just say that. Yeah. Like this person was better. Mm-hmm. You know, we get we. I think we've all all of us as actors and and directors have have gone out of audition, been like and, and saw that cast list and like the hell are they, what I would have been so much better. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I think we've all done that at one yeah, point or another. Sure. I think we'd be for lying sure. if we said we didn't. Yeah. But like I, I think it's, I think it's really important that as actors we also look and 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 say okay yeah they they, they beat me yeah. they they were better they were the best option and move forward with you know being considered for another role like right. a Mac Mary that you've now grown to love so so that's great so now what do people what do you think individually Scott Brittany and Jen what do you think that when people come see the show August sixth and seventh live at the Maryland Theater what is it what do they what do they get to look forward to the most do you think what, what do you think that give, give a little bit of a tease what is it that people get to really look forward to i definitely think it's the humor like because with a show like this you know it could be so easy to just look at the dark pieces of the show but it's okay to laugh and like that's the best advice i have for the audience even in the dark moments right it's we're, that's what we're trying to do is to make humor out of those moments so just come in with an open mind, you know, don't think so much about the movie that everyone like knows and loves because this is not the movie. This it's is way better than it's, exactly, it's way better. Yeah. Right? Um, I actually watched the movie on Peacock the other day because I, I was scrolling through. I was like, oh, Heather's, why not? No uh, comparison. I don't no. think the movie's that good. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm sucks. crazy. It's kind of terrible. <laughs> it's anyway, an cheesy 80s movie. I mean, that's all it is. Um, but definitely leaving preconceived notions at the door and rolling with the punches and just laughing when you want to laugh and chuckling when you want to chuckle like just do it it's well worth it preferably in the most uncomfortable moments yeah, as well. oh yeah <laughs> uh Brittany, what, what, what do you think um like i said before i really think there is a little bit for everyone to take um from there's some really like jen said there's some really high high moments there's some really low low moments um it's definitely emotional roller coaster um that we go on as actors um, through the through the show production, so I'm sure that it might be an emotional ride for the uh, audience as well. Um, but it's definitely not one to be missed. Um, I think they're like I said, something for everyone for sure, for sure. Scott, what about you? I guess um, really, what you need to take away from it is just how uh, allow yourself to go on the emotional ride of it. That's right. 
I think that um, it's important for you to laugh and to cry and everything, but just allow yourself to do it. Like, take it in and allow yourself to go on this ride with all these characters. I think that the most important thing that I think a lot of people will miss out on this is that even though each of these characters has, has a name, really every one of them is a Martha. Mm -hmm. And bullies don't just become bullies. They come from somewhere. Mm -hmm. So, like, everybody's a Martha on a different level, and it's just how they treat each other. And there's no better example of life is what Heather's is, mm -hmm. honestly, and how we deal with it. And and today is really a huge example of how we're dealing with life. And Heather's is a, is a great way to look at that. I think so. And again, I think I think Heather's, again, one of the strongest casts, if not the strongest cast that we've ever put together. Um, tickets are available now, uh, but they're going quick. Friday, August 6th, and Saturday, August 7th, live at the Maryland Theater, downtown Hagerstown. For tickets, go to www.themarylandtheater.com slash act hashtag Heathers. Again, that's www.marylandtheater.com slash act hashtag Heathers. Or you can go to actforall.org and go to the link there, and I'll take you right to it. So, guys, uh, Heathers, again, August 6th and 7th. Scott, I don't know if you want to keep hanging out or not, or if you're going to bed. You've had a long week. See ya. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye, Scott. See you tomorrow. Bye. See you tomorrow. Now that he's gone, we can talk shit about the director. Her, her, her. <laughs> He'll never listen. Okay, everybody. For our next topic, we are going to dive into a little tea, as Robbie said. And uh, we, uh, we 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 love tea, and we are going to talk about where theaters go wrong. So so that's the big thing is is uh, I mean we're all of us as theater kids we're we're all drama ridden I think that's fair to say like it's just it's just a part of what we do but the the job of any theater is to kind of take that and and hone that drama into and funnel it into creating art uh, that's 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 our job but so many theaters seem to fail at this and you get people who leave one theater for one reason or another go to another theater and then they leave that theater and then you get people who get blackballed from theaters and then i mean so so you guys have both worked at several theaters i've worked at a numerous amount of theaters in, in my career tim you as well so i kind of want to talk about this where do theater companies go wrong and when where do they lose talent how do they lose talent and and what what are some of those things that that we can get into well, for starters, um, one big thing is definitely the camaraderie of the cast. Um, that's a huge, like, steer away. Like, if I show up, okay, let's just, you know what? You want tea, Robbie? We'll give you the tea. Boom! When I showed up for the audition at ACT and got cast in the show, again, I didn't know anybody. It was my first experience with ACT. Getting into this experience, um, it started out rocky for our cast. Um, no one was really getting along. The ones who were getting along were very petty in their little cliques and making it clear that they were sticking to their clique and like that was it. Um, and I almost walked out um, just because I couldn't do it. I, you know, now being 25 and figuring out adulthood and all that crap, I'm like, you I don't have time figured for this. Out? No, oh, figuring no. it out. Um, <laughs> they were there, <laughs> but just realizing like the things that like. I want in my everyday life and I work a job where I spend 11 to 7 every day giving my energy so to show up somewhere where I had to give energy to these petty people that you know I wasn't I wasn't here for it I just I really wasn't and I'd say that's a really big thing like honing in your cast and making sure everybody's on the same page and working together you know the right way that's like a huge a huge thing 
that I think a lot of people who run theaters don't take into consideration because, oh, it's just a show. Oh, we'll have a new cast next time. But They'll really, either fall in or fall out one or the other, and they, the theaters kind of let them do it. Right, yeah. and that and that's a huge, you know, a huge red flag. Like, you should really take pride in who you have in your cast and how to keep them, I think. And, and I think a big part with, with this particular show is every lead that we have with the all of the Heathers, JD, Veronica, none of them have ever done a show with us before. Or Well, Other Slo- than Sloan has, who plays Heather Duke, but she's never been a lead before. Um, none of our leads have had that experience. Now, I know whenever whenever I'm producing a show, I usually grab that that veteran, that, that company veteran, and say, hey, make sure you're taking people under your wing. Give them a little holler. Uh, uh-oh, what happened? The real Heather McNamara just texted me. Oh, oh no. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Ellie man. McLemore, shout out to you. We miss you. Can't wait to get you here. We love you. With us. Um, but uh, but no, I think it's a, I think you're absolutely right. I think so many times, especially, I mean, I've been the new guy going into a theater before, and it's 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 pretty intimidating, especially when you go into a group that is that's so well formed, mm-hmm. that's so that's so close already. And there have been so many times where people have looked at me and and just completely disregarded that I was even there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they would. Uh, uh, I know back in the day, I don't think it happens so much now because we are adults and we have like yeah. stuff to do, but like. You go out to eat afterwards, like mm-hmm. purposely not inviting somebody who's new, right. like things like that, that that happens so often at so many different theaters. Um, my first professional show that I ever did, um, I was I was 15 um, and actually um, almost quit theater altogether because of because of how I was treated mm-hmm. by the, the company veterans that have been there for a long time because I wasn't a part of the clique. Right. It took me like four shows to really kind of get in with these people. Um, part of it was because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. That was one, but um, but also just just trying to break down some of those walls with those people. Who were like we have our friendships, we don't need any more, um, and that's something that that act really strives for is we don't we don't allow that. Yep. Um, even with our kids program, our, mm-hmm. our kids especially with our kids will, program, we'll tell them like, hey, remember when you were new? Mm-hmm. These people are new too. So so make sure that you're you're kind to them. Even go that extra step and, and ask them to sit with you. Go on breaks yeah, together. Yeah. Like get to know each other. I mean, you're you're never gonna have a show where people like 100%. everybody. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's never going to happen. Yeah. Um, no matter how close the cast is, there's always gonna be a couple people that maybe this person doesn't like, that person doesn't like. But I think that the the opportunity to actually not like that person needs to be there. You can't just shut people out and be like, oh, you're the new kid. Ugh. I think that's yeah. that's what people come to theater to get away from is, is to right. stop being the, the new kid and, and to find friends and, and to find that family. Brittany, what, what are your thoughts? Um, so in this business, um, I think where, where theater people go wrong or theater owners go wrong, in my personal opinion, is by not taking chances on on other talent than talent they constantly oh. use. Mm-hmm. I, I'm the kind of person I don't, I don't like to see, when I go see a show, I don't like to see the same You're reading my mind. person yeah. on the stage all the time mm-hmm. in the role that I just basically saw them in, right? Two shows ago or a show ago. Especially when they don't change their characters. At, at all. Right? Exactly, exactly. You you know, I think as actors, it's we have to, because people do get to know us and they, they get to, they come to see multiple shows that we've been in, whatever, they get to see 
um, us. And it's it's really, I think it's our yeah. job to create a different character every time we are on stage um, and not bring forth the same thing every right. time, every time. So that's where I think, you know, we... We tend to, in the theater world, we tend to get pigeonholed and then we don't get opportunities that we would probably be really good for. Yeah, Um, yeah. And I I think that's hard to watch. I understand that that's, I I understand as a professional that's that's the nature of the business um, in a lot of, you know, ways. Yeah. But... I just wish that it were a little different and I didn't see some of the same talent. Well, I, all the time. I understand it to a certain extent where you know somebody you trust. You trust them. Exactly. Sure, sure. I, I get that. I get that. For sure. But there's also a time where as as a professional when you're casting something, you have to look at it and say, "Yes, I trust Tim mm-hmm. to put a show on his back and for yeah. him to do it." But is Tim really a JD? Absolutely not. You know, kid, right. is this really right for him? Right. Or do I take the shot at the new kid who came in who's perfect for it that I may not know? Right. You know, and, and there's ways around that. Like, we had uh, uh, Brian Brown, who I absolutely adore. He played the Beast in Beauty and the Beast for us. He's done other roles. He was Bernardo on West Side Story, et cetera, et cetera. But he had came in. We had never we had never worked with him before. We didn't know who he was. And some somebody new coming in to play the Beast, it made our director a little nervous. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know them. Can, what, how are they going to do? Right. But you know what we did? Instead of saying, you know what, we're going to go with Dustin, who I love Dustin. He wasn't an option for Beast. But just as an example, who's done a lot of shows with us, has been a lead. You know, we're just going to go with Dustin because we trust him. Right. No, we, we picked up the phone. He, he said what shows he had done on his application. Everybody asked you for a resume. Yeah. Call those theaters up and ask. That's what I did. I called up the, uh, the place that he played the Beast previously. I said, tell me about him. And they were like, he was never late. He was great to work with. He's kind. Right. Do it. You're you're gonna love what he what he brings to the table. And sure. and damn it if they weren't right. right. The, the yeah. kid he the kid showed it. up before I did yeah. every day. Yeah. yeah. Every and day. He and was he was driving from Baltimore. From Baltimore, yeah, right? From ways. Baltimore to Hagerstown. Over, over an hour and twenty minutes. He would drive three times a week and he was there. I, I'm usually there about an hour before rehearsal starts because I have to go in and open the doors and all that. Mm-hmm. He was sitting in the parking lot every day. Yeah. And and he would walk in behind me, and I got I got to know him. A great guy, um, you know. But again, you take a chance on people like that. Um, you, you don't know what's going to happen. Are you going to get some people that that you know you, you wish you're like ah I knew I should have went with Brittany instead of her because you know of course those things happen. You're yeah. all, you're going to have those, but you know kind of. But you don't know until you try, right? right? You gotta right. you gotta take that risk. It's just like it's almost like you know jobs, right? If jobs want you to have all this experience. And yet they're not gonna they're not willing to take a risk on you and hire right. you as a newbie. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And so yeah. it's like, come on, man, like And I think what's great about our company is that we allow people the opportunity to grow. You know for what sure, I mean? For sure. Uh, when I came into this company, I joined when we did hairspray and I fender. and I was in the ensemble. Uh, yeah, I was fender oh, and, and, and I and I was in the ensemble and you know the staff took a chance on me casting me as duty in Greece. Mm-hmm. And then from that point on, they threw challenges my way, and some I succeeded in, and some I didn't. Um, but the challenges continuously were thrown at me, um, you know. And like my answer to your question is opportunity. So much of like what Brittany said, it's about that opportunity, be- and and that's what I love about the past four or five shows that we've done. Is you look at Brian Brown as the Beast and Beauty and the Beast, uh, Jen, you and Maggie. Uh, you know, in Heather's, looking at Sam DeJesus as Jesus in Godspell, Jeremy Trammell as Buddy the Elf. Like, 
you know, whenever you get to see these people for the first time on our stage, it is incredible. It yeah. is a really beautiful thing. And then we have them continue to come back for what works for them. All of those people I just named have come back and done more shows with us and we have given them different characters. We've thrown different opportunities with them. Jeremy, you know, he started acting in Elf and now he's about to direct a junior show starting tomorrow. They start rehearsals tomorrow, you know. The opportunities don't just stop at you're great for this one role. It's come back. We have we have actresses who are full-time mothers like you, Brittany, who are full-time mothers and, you know, Alicia Stow. Alicia Stow can only come back for certain shows. Right. Lindsay Sullivan, who's currently in our production of Sweeney Todd, can only come back for one, two productions a year and they choose to come back with us because we give them the opportunity to be a full-time mom, to be a full-time worker, and then to come back and act with us. And that's that's my favorite thing and that's what I think we do right. Well, yes. I, think, I think the other thing too, just to kind of jump in here on this topic a little bit, I think what a lot of theaters do wrong is also in their casting, but not so much, you know, casting the same people over again where that's an issue as well, but also being so blinded by what was the original. What, mm. did, what did this person look like? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What yes. race were they? Mm -hmm. What ethnicity? Like all those things. And you lose out on people who would do a really good job. Um, thinking that you have to do things a certain way because, mm -hmm. you know, uh, because uh, let's look, Tony and West Side Story was was a white guy. Well, when we did it with ACT, we had Tony Award winner Wilson Jermaine Harabia, who's right. Dominican, come and do the role. He was incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. Coming up soon, and I, I know she won't mind, uh, hopefully she doesn't mind, she does, sorry, but um, Beth, uh, Beth Malone. Yeah, I was just who, about to say. Uh, who, she, she's a bigger girl, and she is one of the most talented people I've ever worked one with in my entire career. One of the most talented career. people, yeah. She's not your ordinary Joanna. Yeah, and the amazing thing is that not only do you miss out on what the audience gets to experience, but you miss out on what that actress gets to experience. You know what and I mean? That's more, Beth, that's Beth, more important yeah. to me. Beth, in the past few years, and I, again, I hope she doesn't mind us saying this, in the past few years, she's dealt with a lot of health issues. And so... You know, before Either that or fucking house burned down. Exactly, she's dealt with a lot. She's dealt with a lot of things thrown her way, and the opportunities that she's gotten in Godspell has pushed her to have the opportunity that she has in Sweeney Todd, which will continue to push her to do bigger and better and more amazing things because she is one of the most talented people ever. It's, it's and great. if you pigeonhole her, how are you going to see that talent? Well, exactly. and that's and that's the thing. And again, like she was, she was our leading player in Pippin. Mm -hmm. That was the first time in her entire life mind you i will i will say it's one of the most talented women i've ever not one of the most talented people right. i have ever worked with in my career she's never gotten to take a final bow nope she, she never has and if you ask her she'll tell you she lost out on a lot of roles because of her weight and nobody would look past it mm -hmm. and i remember when um, i was talking to her about doing pip and i said i said what are you coming out for she was like i don't think i'm gonna do it i was like why she was like, because really there's only two female roles. It's just Fastrada and, and uh, Catherine. And I'm, I'm not going to get either one. I was like, you've never worked with me. Mm -hmm. I was like, and maybe look at LP. Maybe look at leading player and take a look at it. Right. And she, she worked her ass off and, and she was incredible. That was the first time, yeah. as talented as she is, the first time she ever got to take the 
final battle. Right, and I'm excited. I know she's very excited to get yeah, to come I mean, on this podcast. We will definitely have her on it's, here it's, soon. It's one, it's, one, it's one of the most, it, to me, it's one of the best things to, to, yeah. to give people those opportunities. I ask people when, when they come to act, I ask them, what's your dream? What is your yep. dream show? What is your dream role? What have you been dying to do? Now, am I going to give everybody that opportunity? No, I can't feasibly do that. But for some, I get to. And it's one of the best feelings about running a theater is saying, you know what? You may not fit the mold that Broadway built or the movies built or whatever built. You may not fit that mold, but you know what? You're talented. You have what it takes to do the role. I don't care that you have that you're not blonde. I don't care that you're bigger. I don't care that you're smaller. I don't care about any of those things. What I care about is your talent and your talent first. And I feel like not only do our actors appreciate it, I feel like our audience appreciates it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's something special. Now, have we had many people come and play multiple lead roles? Sure. There are people that come in, they're extremely talented and and they get roles based on talent. We always base it on talent and talent alone. That's it. Um, but I think our audience appreciates because they don't come and see the same people every single show. Right. And I think because it gets old, it gets boring, and again, most of the time, those people don't even act different. They're, yes. You know yeah. the the uh, the lion is uh, um, exactly uh, in the Wizard of Oz exactly how they play Dracula. Uh, you know, d- different things like that where it's like you don't see any difference. Right. And <laughs> and you know and we are continuing that when people see Karen play Mrs. Lovett in Sweeney Todd, she has never she's done a lot of shows in this area, but she's never done a show with us, and so our core audience that loves to see our shows, they're going to see her in that leading role and they're going to be obsessed with well, her. Well, it's going to be a lot of people that with shows that we have coming yeah. up. Like Jeff, uh, Jeffrey Kleiss, who is, oh, who is uh, one of the most talented people, one of, one of my close friends. Um, he's never really, he was supposed to play Santa. Um, and then, you know, some things happened and he wasn't able to and I had to. I hate you for that, Jeff. Um, but <laughs> but point being is that, you know, this is, he's going to go into Sweeney Todd as his first lead role. Um, with us, and people are really going to get to see mm-hmm. a side of that. Uh, and so, so let's kind of uh, let's go into our last topic here before we close out. So, we're obviously the theater world is just coming out of the COVID, right? What what's wrong, Brittany? I hate COVID. I do too. No. Um, so, so the theater world and, and the entertainment world in general was devastated by COVID. I think it was the one of the few industries that was really throttled by it and is mm-hmm. still figuring out a way to recover a lot of places. Yeah, are. for sure. Um, you know, there were there were a lot of people who uh, caught flack for, uh, we caught flack for doing shows yeah. and, and continuing to, mm-hmm. to do everything we could to move on. Um, and a lot of people just kind of shut their doors and wow, their doors are still shut. And they're, they're still waiting to do something. Right. Um, for, for whatever reason it might be. Um, what do you, how did you guys deal with it through COVID from, from as, as actors? Um, how did you guys deal with not having that outlet for a year and a half? Um, well, not only because of COVID, but just like personally at where I was in my life, um, it was easy for me to take a step back at that moment just because that's what I needed at that time. Um, but it, I was also auditioning for cruise ships, which has been like a dream of mine, like right before COVID started and just knowing that everything was going to be shut down and that there was nothing you could do about it. Um, you know, watching that dream kind of diminish right in front of my eyes was right. like really tough. Um, and you know, it was easy to kind of take that, that step back cause personally it was needed. Um, but I ended up doing theater in COVID and got COVID. So it was kind of like one of those things, like 
you know, everything was shut down, but then, like, when you would do those things, and then you kind of get, like, burned for doing that, you know? It's like, was that the right choice? Was stepping back into my art the right thing to do? Um, But to be honest, I would take COVID any day to stand on the stage, so... Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just so tough because it's just like, you know, for some of us, this is our livelihood. Yeah. For some of us, this is just our passion. It's the one thing that we have that like keeps us going. And it, it is really hard because it's just like you understand where the tension comes from and where the, the negative feedback that we get from, you know, the people yeah. that are watching us make this art and saying the things that they're saying are. But it's just like, you know, we have to keep the lights on in our building and we have to keep you know, the lights on in the art that we make. And it, it was just, it was just so tough. Wait, wait, how, how'd you get through it? Well, I have two small children. So <laughs> were you pregnant? Were you pregnant through COVID? I was. Yes. Wow. Um, yes. I gave birth to my son during the pandemic, which is crazy. Uh, definitely crazy. Um, COVID baby. Yes. Um, he's a different breed for sure. Um, <laughs> they're not joking. Um, <laughs> No, I love him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she asked me out the show. Yeah, it's tough for as a mom. You know, theater is my outlet. I'm I'm not privileged enough to get to do as many shows as I would love to do. Um, so I take every any and every opportunity that I can to audition um, as much as I can when I can. Um, so it was a little tough not having that outlet, and it um, it was tough watching. Um, Watching the world kind of go through this and, and the theater world specifically um, be in such a, a weird um, place. Uh, well, you lost out on one of your dreams. I roles. did. I did. Um, yeah. We were supposed to... Yeah, authentic Community Theater took a chance. <laughs> Speaking of chances. Um, on me to play... Um, There's that ain't a chance. That was, that was easy. <laughs> to play Maria um, in The Sound of Music. And that was really tough that we didn't get to put that production on. Um, as, as hard as Robbie pushed... Oh, I heard it yet. Um, as hard as Robbie pushed and, and, and did everything he could to make that happen for us. Well, we're going to talk about um, that. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't in the cards and that was really sad. It was really hard turning in my, um, my script right. um, and to everyone at, uh, at uh, Heather's rehearsal. Um, yeah, but, um, I think definitely, I, I hope that people realize now just how much theater means, the arts mean to so many people, you know, and, and, uh, what that, what that really costs a lot of people, um, during the shutdown, so. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I've, I've said it before. It's it's real easy to close your doors. Mm-hmm. It was it was real easy for for any theater that that was out there to just be like you know what we're just gonna sit back and wait. So many theaters did you know whatever whatever floats your boat you know as 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 an organization. If you feel like it's better just to shut down and hope for the best instead of finding a way to work through it, then by all means. But that wasn't an option for us. Definitely I mean, it, it just mm-hmm. it it just wasn't. And and the reality is is that there were ways for a long time that we could do theater. Um, it was really only a six-month shutdown at the end of the day um, before we were allowed to perform. Now, the uh, restrictions that we had were tough. They were tough restrictions that you had to get around, but all you had to do was find a way around those restrictions and how to, how to conform to those restrictions and still make theater and still make art, which is what we did. I was on the phone every you fucking were. day. You were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every day with senators, governors, the mayor, councilmen, 
it was it was crazy. Right. It, it was nuts trying to figure out how the the, the <laughs> there's a certain somebody at the health department that hates my guts, <laughs> um, and that's fine, yeah. um, you know. But we we pushed really hard because we weren't willing to let people like Jen and Brittany lose out on something that they live for. Yeah, you know that, and, and it's not just them. It's it's everybody from. From all, all all of our cast, our staff, our right. our kids that come through the kids program, I mean, it's one of those things that I had to sit back and look at and say, is this fight worth taking, or do we just shut the doors and call it a day? And I, I it was a fight that was worth it to me because so many people, especially when we started doing shows, the Christmas holiday was coming up. Mm-hmm. You know, people we, there was there was no reason to get in the spirit for the holiday at that mm-hmm. point. Yeah. Um, and again, if it was just two and a half hours that we got somebody into that spirit. It was, it was mm-hmm. worth it. Yeah, <coughs> and I think, and again, to, to those who decide to close their doors and, and wait it out, more power to you. I mean, that's, that's your call and it's your company. Um, mm-hmm. I just wasn't, uh, I wasn't willing to do that with Authentic Community Theater. And, and we fought hard and kudos to my board for letting me fight because it wasn't a pretty fight. Um, you know, we were on the phone, that, that conference call that I had with, uh, uh, the the couple senators and, and the health department and the state police and, and it was not a pretty phone call um, and I had to you know I had to to throw my weight around a little bit and, and yell and scream a little bit to to get answers that that we needed from from our officials and eventually we got them um, you know they they like to throw curveballs at us though that was fun uh, we we were doing Elf um, did you ever hear about this John? Uh, I may have. Oh my God! So we, we were doing Elf, and we went through two shows or two nights of shows. So we had four of them. We did four shows, no problem. We posted a picture on Facebook, and it was a curtain call. Snap the photo. Congratulations! Put post on Facebook. Congratulations, everybody! Uh, three more shows tomorrow. And I think we put the hashtag like hashtag conquering COVID because that's what we were doing. We were finding a way to to yeah. to bring art through a pandemic. Um, and <laughs> there were, uh, there was a group made on, uh, on Facebook called cancel authentic community theater. Um, yeah, like a whole thing. Um, and they, the, people. the next, the, that night and the next morning, um, the health, Washington County health department received uh, quote, dozens and dozens of complaints. The police people. were called to the Maryland theater. Like it was, oh it was like God. a whole thing. So we come, come to find out the person that started this group um, was berating us at ACT to hire her as a COVID compliance officer. So I finally told her, no, like I, we, we tried to be nice about it first. Like, oh, thank you so much for reaching out. But hey, we're good. Yeah. We got this. Like, I, I'm not stupid. I can read a full order from the governor and I can read the stupid version where he says, hey, do this. Like, yeah. That's all you need to know. Like, I can, I can figure that out for right. myself. I don't need your help. Um, to the point where I was just like, okay, stop calling, stop emailing, yeah. like, just leave us alone. We don't want your help. Um, so they, uh, this, this woman was the one who actually started this group and there were like all these mess, like hundreds and hundreds of comments. Um, it was, it was stupid. So they all called the health department and filed all these complaints and then called the Maryland theater and said that they were a super spreader and told the executive director of the Maryland theater that the blood was on her hands, called the police and had them come to the Maryland theater while we were getting ready to perform. I get a phone call one hour before curtain from the Washington County health department 
telling us all of a sudden we had to wear masks on stage, even though we had had meetings with them and they said, it's considered physical strenuous activity. You don't have to wear a mask while on stage. Right. They told us and the Maryland Theater that, and that's what we were going by. We had done show before. The Maryland Theater had other shows, and then we had we were halfway through Elf, and then an hour before, like you have to wear masks, like you just have to now. And I'm like, so wait, so we had to go through all these ridiculous channels, and eventually we got we were able to do shows. We did, we did um, Footloose through COVID. We did Elf through COVID. We did Godspell through COVID. And two junior shows. And, and we did uh, was James and Giant Peach, Shrek Junior. Um, you know, all through COVID, we found a way to do it, and again, we didn't have any problems. You know, right. we, we knew what we had to do. Was it fun to do it? No. But we found a way to give people that art. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think that's really important that, that people forget. And again, they, they look at it. So many people look at it and go, oh, they're just playing. It's just a hobby. It's just fun. It's just whatever. But for so many people, it's their escape. Mm-hmm. It's their mm-hmm. it's their reason for like, okay, I got to go and adult all day long. Right. So I'm going to go adult. And then, oh, by the way, um, I'm going to take, you know, this two hours to myself, you know, a few times a week to, yeah. to go, you know, let, let out, use my outlet, what, what right. I need to, to move on. And then, you know, I don't know, it, it's been said a lot, but when we were all locked up in our houses and stuff, what'd y'all do? Watch Netflix, Hulu, read? Those are all art that people forget about that they exist. You know, luckily we had... Um, a really great mayor here in the city and a great city council and a great uh, county, a great group of county commissioners that didn't forget the arts and, and sat there with me um, and fought the health department um, to, to get this figured out because they would have rather us just shut our doors because it wasn't important. Um, so I think hopefully now people are realizing how important the arts are, not exactly. just to, yes. you know, not just, not just to the performers or the people going, but, but damn, we got a kids program. It's important to them too. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. some, some, some of our kids and, uh, well, they come to our programs to get away from everything else that they deal with right? and finally have a place where they're actually accepted as human beings, regardless of their sexual orientation, their, their personalities, their, whatever it is. They finally get accepted, um, and that's that speaks a lot, and that's mm-hmm. that's why we kept moving and why we kept moving forward. It wasn't for the money; we lost so much money over the course of that year, but we weren't going to stop putting on shows. We refused to stop. It wasn't going to happen um, because we wanted people to have that outlet. We wanted people to be able to perform. It's it's so you know. Hopefully, we don't have any we don't have any issues, and we can keep on rocking and rolling through. Right. You know, so everyone stay safe out there, but. Um, before, before we close out guys, uh, Brittany, any, any other, um, perhaps words of advice or, or anything that you want to tell anybody listening? Mm. <laughs> um, no, just, um, I would say just, you know, keep, keep being you, be kind, courteous. Remember, you don't know what people are going through, um, you mean to Tim, though. That's fine. Okay. Oh um, man. Oh man. <laughs> you don't know what you know what someone's day is like or what they're they're doing. You know what they've got going on. So just remember to be kind and um, and uh, come see some theater. Support some mm-hmm. theater for sure. Jen. Buy your tickets for Heather's. Oh, oh yeah. Uh-huh. Buy them tickets to Heather's, that's for sure. Tim? Oh, I have lots to plug. Okay, so first off, uh, we have so many amazing things coming up at ACT. Uh, for starters, 
Uh, we just opened up our Black Box Theater. I know we didn't get to really talk about it today, but we are currently recording inside of our Black Box Theater. Uh, some really you amazing... on your show map, you see Topic 5 at the bottom. That's the next thing we're getting into. No, well... Are we not plugging stuff right now? Yeah. I mean, wonderful. Okay, so uh, at the Black Box Theater, uh, we have a lot of amazing events coming up, like Britney's show, which you should definitely get tickets for right now. Please. Um, we also have a free children's theater event, which Britney just so happens to be the lead in. Um, we partner with the Nora Roberts Foundation every single year to... Uh, create a 20-minute kids show that we get to take around the parks. Uh, it always matches up with the theme of the Washington County Free Library's uh, summer reading program. And this year it was Tales and Tales. We decided that we wanted to continue spreading the amazing message that's in that story. It's about self-acceptance and it's about a group of fun animals that go on a crazy little journey. Um, and if you are looking for a free event to bring your kids to inside of the black box on September 11th, 18th, and 25th, and October 2nd and 9th, you can bring your kids over to the black box theater or you can bring yourselves over to the black box theater because it is a hilarious show. Yes, it is. And we would love to see you guys there. Is that it? Uh, you can also, you can also uh, <laughs> come. Gotta give me a sign or something. Uh, sorry, my apologies. My apologies. Uh, you can also come see uh, the Glass Menagerie, uh, the iconic Tennessee Williams show. I am playing Tom in the show, and it is gross selfless plug. It is a fantastic show. It's one of my favorite shows. It's one of my favorite roles that I've gotten to play. And that is uh, coming up very soon. It is August 27th, 28th, and 29th, and you can get your tickets for that now. Thanks for the sign, Tim. Yeah, absolutely. So the Act Black Box Studio, um, we opened, had a grand opening July 10th, and we are getting ready to go full on with the schedule for the rest of the year. Uh, of course, we have our open mic nights. You can check those out. Um, out of the box, create nights, like a paint night, August 13th here at the Black Box Studio, taught by my wonderful wife, Brittany Soto. Uh, she's been teaching those for years, so we got some fun for you. Uh, September 17th, uh, excuse me, um, August 13th and September 17th, paint night here at the Black Box Studio. A few of my favorite things, starring the one and only Brittany at Water, August 14th, 7 p.m. Like Tim said, Glass Menagerie, August 27th, 29th. Uh, and then we have Heather's Night Out with Jen Dickey, along with her other Heather, Sloan and Lindsay, uh, coming up uh, as well. And then we also have September 11th, Kristen Davis and Dust Perot give you something old and something new. And then we have Headlights with Ryan Perry, September 18th. Uh, we also have other shows. Make sure you go to our website, www.actforall.org slash events. We'll show you all the events we have coming up and tickets on sale. Make sure you grab those tickets before they run out. Again, www.actforall.org slash events for all of the black box uh, events that we have coming up. Don't forget, get, uh, excuse me, don't forget to get your tickets for Heather's. Tickets on sale now at www.themarylandtheater.com backslash act hashtag heathers make sure you get those tickets now don't miss it you're gonna regret it again more shows coming up sweeney todd in october rent one night only november 2nd then we have uh elf the musical the first weekend in december all at the maryland theater make sure you check out their website for all their upcoming events as well guys thank you so much Brittany. thank you for coming thank you. Uh, last minute jen thank you for coming last minute you guys are both wonderful welcome back anytime guys make sure you tune into us next time for more of the black box podcast this is robbie soto signing off along with my man tim tim say bye everybody see you guys have a wonderful night bye guys thank you all so much tune in next time